Um, how did you feel about her whole time of her dating Superboy, also having the pseudo relationship with Tim, them being best friends, a fan? You know, you know, um, when you're hot, you're hot. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> real hot girl shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another relaunch. My name is LZ. I am Keenan. How are you doing today, Keenan? You know, I'm hot. Um, I was sick <laughs> yesterday. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know what it was. So I actually think it was, so I started this new, like, um, protein powder drink mix for the gym. Okay. And. That's so wild. The think, gyms are open there. They are not here. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. No. Um, I'm about to stop going because they started closing a couple down. And so now, like, everyone's coming to the one that I go to, which no one ever went to because it was so far out. Um mm-hmm. And I you went found there you, yesterday. You found your spot. Yeah, it's like really distressing me. And so there were a lot of people in there yesterday, but I like started this new drink mix and I just don't think it went over very well. I was not feeling too good <laughs> yesterday. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Stomach doing cartwheels. <laughs> so it's like, I think my body is still like recouping from that. And so it's just like, all right, let's just sweat it all out. Let's just get it out. Ooh. But no. isn't it's great. It's great. Yeah. I'm ready to talk about these comics because we had quite a bit coming out and a, quite a lot happened, actually. Yes. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Um, so let's get some of the more non-controversial issues out the way first. Okay. Um, so Aquaman <laughs> 65 came out and okay. Aquaman and Mara finally got married. Oh, yay. Um, I, well, I That's been a long time coming, right? Yeah, very. And then even so, um, I don't really know if you can say they got married. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so basically, so issue 65 is the final issue of Kelly Sue's run. Um, an immaculate run, I do say so myself. She took Aquaman to places that he's never normally been. She kind of had Mera take over Atlantis. She wanted to dissolve the monarchies, which they actually do by the end of this book. And, oh, wow, okay. You know, Atlantis kind of starts to move into this new place, this new era. How does it go? And... Arthur kind of surprises Mira. He's like, oh, we got to go do some hero stuff. And so they like run out to this boat. They get to the boat and she runs into like Wonder Woman, Dolphin, Hawk Girl, and they're like her bridesmaids. And oh, that's cute. Yeah, it was really cute. She's like, why are you guys here? What's going on? And then Arthur comes up and then like all of the Justice League come out. Some Teen Titans. Garth is there. It's a really nice little moment. And they like kind of get together and he's like, all right, Let's finally get married. And so they start the nuptials and then the issue ends. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I was I was afraid like a villain or something was gonna attack. You know, they always love to do that. Yeah, yeah, they do. But um, no, so this one is like the nuptial start, and she's like, Oh, okay, we're doing this, and then the issue ends. So it's like one of those things where it's like, yes, they're technically getting married, but another writer could also come on and be like, No, they didn't. Okay. They can be like something happened or it, I just would have preferred to actually see them say I do. Mm-hmm. It's just like, that would have been nice. But otherwise, really good issue. Do um, you feel like that's at least a good 
way to pass the baton to a new writer. Yeah, oh, absolutely. From perspective, like she ended it on a really good note. She made sure that she kind of wrapped up her own storylines, but then left certain things open so other people could take them over if they wanted to, which I thought was a really great idea. And she brought in tons of like supporting cast for him now. Like there's a there's a world for Aquaman right now, which is something I feel like he hasn't had in a very long time. So that was always good. Um, great, just just a great run. Again, I don't think she got enough credit for the stuff that happened here, and very excited that she got to do it. Her run was extended originally; it wasn't supposed to be as long as it has been. So, oh wow! I wonder if that's because fan response was so good to it. Because, like you know, I've seen people like the run so far. Yeah, um, I honestly don't know. I just know, and you know, of course, I'm also a little biased. Kelly Sue and I have formed a little bit of a relationship while she's been on this run. She sent me some signed comic books. Oh, that's know. awesome. She's really cool. I uh, I don't know if I told you this story about the time I met her at um, no at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, so like I I went to San Diego Comic Con back in like 2015, and I was dressed as Miles Morales, and obviously, you know, I love Captain Marvel. Like, duh. And at that time, she was writing Captain Marvel and starting to like elevate Carol and take her like and started her pretty like iconic run and I went to this panel and after the panel at the time she would like meet people and like uh sign stuff I got assigned Captain Marvel number one issue from her um and yeah which was really cool and she like likes to take uh selfies with people and like duck lip selfies so we took a picture and she was like hey have you met Bendis yet? And I was like, no, I haven't seen him. She was like, you have to see him like dressed like this. And sure enough, I go to the line and uh, his line to like meet him and like get things signed was already at the capacity. The dude like comes right in front of me and says, okay, the line stops right here. And I was like, yo, I have to like, I have to meet him. Sure enough though, I like walk by and he stops me and was like, Miles. And I was like, Hey, and I was like, I came to come and meet you, but the line was so long. He was like, no, we have to take a picture right now. And I was like, I yes. just met Kelly and she told me to come over. She was like, perfect. I'll take a picture with you and send it to her. And I was like, this is awesome. See, so like, yeah, that's, she's really cool. lucky with the company. She's really <laughs> great. I was like, when she sent me and she sent me like, I want to say maybe six or seven trades. And then, oh, wow. um, yeah, it was, she sent me a lot of stuff and it was all signed. And I was just like, so grateful. I was like, this is great. I, I really enjoy her. So that was Aquaman 65. If you ever have any type of interest in Aquaman, I would highly recommend this run. Is this the end of, of Aquaman? Is this his last so, issue? Yeah. This is okay. the last issue of the book right now. Um, there has been no new writer or anything announced, but you know, DC is about to go into its big future state thing. Right. And Everyone's then taking we'll a break. Fi- yeah. yeah, so we'll see what happens. Um, again, we and I know we're going to talk about her a little bit later. Yara just got the Wonder Girl book announced. So right. in the future state, Jackson is going to be Aquaman. So I'm kind of like crossing my fingers Ooh. that they're going to do something with him afterwards. Okay. And like start nice. to elevate him and like lead him towards that route. That would be yeah, cool. Yeah, that would be that's that's kind of what I'm waiting on. So that was that. Um, Immortal Hulk also came out issue 40. I'm honestly not. <laughs> into this book like it's still it's still great it's still been it's, doing this it's, well it's, it's still really? like it's at issue 40 what was the last time we really had like a good comic book run go this long uninterrupted without another like reboot another number new number one 
Uh, and, and, and people still enjoy it. I don't know. And people <laughs> still enjoy it, like consistently. It hasn't, it, it's not one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, it dipped off in quality around this set, but it kind of, no, it's just like, like consistently good. Um, I don't know what Al Ewing drinks, smokes, eats, whatever before <laughs> he writes this book, but he needs to do it for every book. And I, I, I still need to start this. Maybe I do that soon. It's 40 issues in, so it's good. I don't know. <laughs> um, Oh, something else that came out this week was Seven to Eternity, number 14. Um, have you ever read the Seven to Eternity book? No, I've never got into this. Is this an image book? This is an image book. It's written by Rick Remender um, with art from Jerome Opina and colors from Matt Hollingsworth. Um, I think if I could explain this book anyway, I would say it is basically Excalibur if Rick Remender wrote it. It's Okay. In a, okay. It's like it's a magical world. Um, you got like fairies and these they're not really heroes. Um, this family who kind of like has been on the outs because they're known as like the betrayers of this particular kingdom and the mud king. And it it, it would kind of be a lot to explain right now. It's a really good book. <laughs> Google it. Google okay. Seven to Eternity. Okay. Um, basically, this is issue 14 that came out today, and the book is coming to an end. So this is the last story arc of the run. The issues, the book is going to end with issue 17. And so... Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. The ser- um, like the series is just done at 17. Yeah, the series okay. will be done at 17. Um, it's honestly a really, really amazing book. Beautiful art, fantastic colors. It's really well written. Again, it kind of has the problem that most image books face, and that is they don't come out very often. Like, I believe issue 13 came out like two years ago. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's quite the like, wait. Yeah. So it's like, we've been waiting for a while. So we finally get back into the book. I will say though, that this issue is very new reader friendly. So if you never picked up a book of seven to eternity before, and then you just went and go and got issue 14, you would not be lost. It is it does obviously the characters do their little explanation of all the things that have been happening so far when they're talking to each other and they just kind of get into it uh but it's really interesting it's a good book uh, i i i know rick remender is a little bit polarizing to certain people yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> you know he's uh that is for sure he's a little bit polarizing so i completely understand if you do not want to go and pick this book up but I don't mind him as much. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll see about that. He did write that great X-Force run. So I was going to say, he I'll always okay. give him that. And again, Jerome Opina was the artist on Uncanny X-Force. This book is basically if the team on Uncanny X-Force was on Excalibur. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, Okay. Speaking of polarizing figures. Oh, child. <laughs> let's talk about this one. This has been a very hot button issue. Fantastic uh, Four number 26. Now, you know I didn't read it, but I, I know you read it. <laughs> <laughs> But I know you did. And I've seen what happened. You know, I've seen that that page on Twitter. So um, you, 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 you go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so... Um, as I talked about last time with Fantastic Four 25, you know, I dipped off of this book around uh, issue 17 or so because, <clears throat> excuse me, like 
Dan Slott was like changing. He changed their entire origin and made the re like he made the reason that they even went out into space someone else's fault. Like there was a whole nother planet that caused them to want to come out to space. And like this whole guy named the Overseer and he needed, it was dumb, <laughs> right? So I was just like, I dropped the book and I was like, I, I can't stay on this. Then they brought on R.B. Silva, who I really like his art for this new run. And the last issue, 25, I thought was going to be this whole new fresh start setup, right? The last time I was given this praise, like, oh, you know, I think I might be into it again. Hell no. So I get 26 and again, it's Dan Slot on, write, on writing and um, R.B. Silva is the artist uh, with colors by Jesus Arbortov. And this, what? <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just don't understand. So like this, it opens with like, so the last issue they had this forever gate thing happen, right? So basically Slot mm -hmm. gave them their own like Krakoan kind of gate where they can walk through it and they can Girl, go in. They can, setting the tone. Uh, right. <laughs> the standard. So mm -hmm. they, they are able to go anywhere and at any point. So it opens with Human Torch and his wife or betrothed, you should say, um, Sky, who is from the other planet that they that Dan Slott made everything originally from like their point of origin. Okay. <laughs> they had this whole thing where you like wore these bands and if you, you would end up finding like your true love. And of okay. course, Human Torch found his love with this woman, Sky. So she ended up coming back to earth with them because they have to be together. Um, and it's a really forced <laughs> relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and um, even back and back in, when Sky was introduced, they made it seem like the planet was so far away. But in this issue 26, she's like, you know, I came to Earth to be with you. I'm so far away from home. And mm -hmm. Human Torch is like, actually, it's you're not that far. We can get to your place in like 20 minutes. So like, okay, well, what was the point of her even? Yeah, doing all that. <laughs> yeah. So that part of itself is already dumb. So uh, they are investigating this like portal down in a Florida where man thing is, and I'm not the biggest fan of man thing. So I didn't really care about his cameo. It's um, all right. It just kind of appeared. Uh, so <laughs> I didn't really care. Uh, so they're like setting up everything with this gate and trying to tell uh, humanity that, you know, the fantastic four will be here to protect the gate in case anything kind of comes through it. Uh, he has Valeria go through the gate and use the forever gate to get back to this planet where she met this boy back in like the earlier issues, because of course he just wants to give Valeria like boy problems for some reason. I don't know. It, I think I do remember seeing a little bit of something about that. That was weird. Yeah. He really, if it, this entire run to me has really felt like Slot isn't writing the Fantastic Four. He's writing moments that he wants to write. So he wants to write the teenage girl having teenage problems with boys. And mm. he he wanted to write a teenage boy being angsty with his parents. So that's why he kind of did that with Franklin. And mm -hmm. even though that didn't narratively <laughs> make a lot of sense, <laughs> it just felt like you wanted to have these like kind of cool, not even cool, just like 
moments, familiar moments that I'm sure he may just know about in life and yeah. give those to the Fantastic Four instead of building instead a Fantastic of, Four story. Ex exactly. Instead of just building a Fantastic Four story, you're just giving these kind of cheap moments. So, of course, Franklin is like having trouble with everything and uh, he wants to figure out, you know, uh, what's going on with his sister. She's crying and uh Valeria? yeah she's over a boy yeah <laughs> oh, even though no. just before that even though just before that she says like oh i'm the smartest girl in the universe or whatever i don't know it's it was just all bad so he's like she's crying and of course franklin's like you know trying to console his sister they talk about you know people being brilliant and everything and you, we need to be able to like kind of figure out this gate. And he's like, oh, well, I know a place where people can like help you with gates. So he tries to go to Krakoa and is stopped before he can even do that by Xavier telepathically telling him, no, you can't come because you aren't a mutant and you actually never have been. And you were so powerful that when you were a baby, you used your cosmic powers to alter yourself to make it appear as though you had the x gene but cerebro says you never had so you can't come here no bone bye and then just leaves so yeah that's just bad <laughs> that's just bad like there is no there is no excuse for it there is no reasoning that is just bad you literally stripped someone of their identity for does what? it does it feel like because you know obviously again I, I did not read the book so in the narrative does it at least <laughs> feel like there's more going on like no it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> um okay so because just just in the last issue he had franklin like like really like missing krakoa and being like you know uh, I'm, I really miss going out there or whatever. Like, I can't wait to get back to the island. And it was going to be this, I thought he was building this moment of my family doesn't really understand me. And because, you know, in his room, he had posters of Dazzler and Layla Cheney and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> you know, he was like doing, I have all this like mutant stuff and human torch was trying to connect with him. And he was like, oh, you know, I can't. I don't do really that. want to talk to you, Uncle Johnny, because like I'm like trying to do more mutant stuff. Like you wouldn't. I'm really a mutant understand. now. Like yeah, you don't know me, uh, which I get. Right. So I mean, so I thought he was building towards something like that, and then the very next issue, he just like takes it away. Which, of course, on Twitter, he's been saying, you know, there's a story building or whatever. I'm building yeah. towards something, but I don't think he realized the implications of taking someone's like identity. Which identity I realize, away. I realize a lot of writers who are on X books who have runs that aren't really well received that tends to be the biggest problem with them they don't realize the identity portion of the mutancy yeah and they don't really build on that it's just more of a thing where it's like oh yeah this is fun take their powers away and it's like no like for x-men it's always going to be different from a regular superhero story because they're not just regular superheroes like this is who they they're are people. it's a thing yeah they're people this is like genetics for them they, they didn't get hit by a gamma bomb or however flash got his powers in that like science experiment or something um i think that's why i've always disagreed with the idea that the x-men are superheroes 
uh, to me, they aren't. I, agree I think someone asked me before, like, who is my favorite superhero? And Polaris is my favorite character, but I wouldn't necessarily say that the X-Men are superheroes. They are just superpowered people living. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they aren't superheroes in the traditional sense. So, like, I don't think that some writers get that part of it I think they see powers and they think of just whatever but I, there is a whole like identity that goes along with being a mutant it's like a part of them you know yeah agreed so, um I, I, I so I mean you know I'm not a huge Fantastic Four fan mm. so I feel like Franklin losing his mutancy kind of also rids me of the Fantastic for so for that <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't I'm not really that upset about I do take issue I don't really get what it is with a lot of Marvel writers or just in general um and their need to kind of make mutant characters who aren't on the X-Men non-mutants it's just been the strangest thing to me we've yeah. seen it with Squirrel Girl we've seen it with Cloak and Dagger we've seen it with uh Wanda and Pietro, mm -hmm. um, now Franklin. And it's just, it kind of also, once again, distorts that whole thing about identity and mutants. And yes, mutants are on Krakoa, but they are still people. So they should be everywhere. It's, it's like one of those things where you see an old period piece movie and there's no black people in it. And they're like, oh, well, this movie was made in like 1870 and it's like, or it's set in 1870. And it's like, okay, did they, did black people not exist in 1870 right. or something? Right. <laughs> it's, just, right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, they're there. It's like, so it's like for mutants, in the greater Marvel U, I've always thought it was nice that not every mutant wanted to be an X-Man because naturally that's going to be the case. But yeah. no, they're so helping on like, no, if you're a mutant, you got to be an X-Man. It's just like, all right. I, I won't be surprised if Justice loses his mutant ability soon. I was just going to bring that up. I feel like Justice and Firestar are out there being mutants, but like, who knows? You know, Firestar before... is like a little bit different just because they have like tried to bring her into the X-Men. Fair. Jason and she's and, got that whole Emma tie-in, so. Yeah, which I'm really shocked that she's not on any book right yeah. now. That's weird to me. I really expected her to be there and say something when um, Shadowcat got a horse <laughs> from <Okay>. Emma. <laughs> like, I'm sure she was on that. I, I mean, because they've shown Firestar on Krakoa yeah. since, and then I, don't, I just remember it was a big deal. I, I think I, I like Firestar, okay? I won't lie. And so I'd like Fair. to get a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, um, yeah, also in this, also in this fantastic four book, he brought back Lijah and I'm, um, you probably don't know who that is, but like, for those who don't know, there was a story back in the day with the fantastic four where for some reason, and this is one of the things I really don't like about when writers try to have relationships amongst characters i don't feel like they always have to be with each other like they're you can date outside of the cast <laughs> of people around you but for some reason they had uh johnny storm get with alicia masters so oh wait isn't she the one who's usually married to ben yes or like dating so ben? she was dating ben and then ben left the fantastic four because i think at this time he stayed on the battle world planet after secret war i think he's i think he decided to stay there because something with his powers i think he was able to like control them more there like he can go in and out of his like thing version so uh 
he stayed and for some reason they decided to have human torch and alicia masters like get together not only did they date they got married um and ben was there it was it was it was a rough weird period so to retcon all of that they made alicia of course a scrawl and they said that the original alicia was off in space like she had been kidnapped by these scrolls and they were trying to infiltrate the fantastic four or whatever so of course he decided to bring that character back like that the scroll that that alicia was this lyja character he decided to bring her back around so now we are all reminded of (laughs) that whole time period that happened and like uh ben is there and he's like they have to explain everything and then there's a whole scene of human torch like going through all of his relationships with sky and like oh yes i did date Elijah, and then i dated all these other women dan slot is a very interesting guy it's messy this is not this is not good like he not only was the franklin retcon personified (laughs) yes exactly um not only was the franklin retcon not good but the whole damn issue wasn't good it just wasn't good like and so you know the 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 new marvel documentary is out on disney plus yes marvel 616 marvel 616 and episode seven of the documentary is the marvel method and so they go i haven't watched right here oh you should watch this issue oh gosh i mean watch that episode (laughs) so um Episode seven is the Marvel method and they have a Marvel writer and they basically follow them through the process of the writing. The writer they pick is Dan Slott. And (laughs) wow, I have never seen a man fall up so much in my life. He continuously misses deadlines. He is horrible with his script. Like, there's literally a scene where they're asking him, they're like, you know, hey, do you plan on turning anything in today? Are you going to work? And he's like, no, I'm going home. (laughs) And And they gave him (laughs) Spider-Man. It's like, wow. It's just like, wow. And then they gave him the Fantastic Four. That's wild. Like, it's crazy. It's like, it's so interesting and uh, watch at the same time. It's just like, what's going on back there? What are you guys doing? What is the problem? You have so many talented people just waiting for their chance, waiting for their opportunity. And and again, I like Dan Slott. I'm gonna say it here. Um, everything I have read from him, I have enjoyed. Was it that She-Hulk run? I know he gets a lot of praise for that. The She-Hulk run, his Spider-Man run. His there Spider-Man was something else. There's something else that I read from him that I really enjoyed too. So it's like, I can only go by the Dan Slott that I have read. The Dan Slott that I have read is great. I'm not, I don't read Fantastic Four, so it's like, I can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do agree that the Franklin thing is bad, though. Uh, it's it's just not even, it's not even, like, clever. What was the, like, what oh, was my the God, the, the, the mutant with the reality altering powers changed themselves to a mutant. Like, who hasn't done that? We get it. Wasn't and that, what, what was the point of that whole 4 plus X event that we just went through? Oh, well, you know how I felt about that event. That yeah, which was, series. it was point, it was pointless. It was pointless then. Now this even makes it more pointless. <laughs> so, and, and that's again why I was kind of wondering, like, is there a story being told? But my thing is like, are you just going to m- make him a mutant again? Because that also doesn't seem as interesting. No. Fantastic Four number 26 in stores now. You don't got to get it. <laughs> um, okay. Oh, so 
moving on to something non-polarizing and that was actually very enjoyable, the Marble Voices, Indigenous Voices issue came out. And this was actually my favorite comic book of the week. Okay, I won't lie. I think it was mine too. It was so good. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, I I really enjoyed this. <laughs> it was like, so first of all, so um, for those of you who don't know, Marvel has been doing this thing, Marvel Voices, where they kind of spotlight specific characters of a nationality, uh, heritage. So, you know, they they did one with Black people. I didn't read that one with the Black characters, honestly, because I saw Charlemagne was writing the Storm story and I could oh, not. Oh, hell that. no. <laughs> <laughs> I was Absolutely like, not. No. I'm not supporting that, but I know the legacies issue that's coming out in February is supposed to kind of focus on black characters again. And yes. so I'm interested to see like who's going to do that one. So I'm definitely going to pick that one up. Um, so this indigenous voices obviously has indigenous characters in it. And so there are five stories in it. Two of them are kind of just like basic introductions. Like the first one is the watcher. It's written and drawn by this guy named Jeffrey Varege. And it kind of just, let you know who all of the indigenous characters in Marvel are. And wow, what a lineup. Yeah, that was a really long list that I didn't, I had no idea. I didn't even realize most of those characters. So you got folks like Echo, Snowbird, Talisman, Shaman, Risk, Warpath, uh, Silver Fox. It, it was it was like just going American Eagle, Danny Moonstar. It was just going on and on and on. And I was like, wait, I actually like all of these characters. Yeah, <laughs> also, also shout out to, it seems like all of the like, characters of color are all mutants yeah like that's where all of the like so that's something that we can talk about another day but when you want to truly get and it's like why the mcu looks the way it does is because when you get into all the diversity of the marvel universe it comes from the x-men it comes from the x-men yeah <laughs> yeah um which is crazy because even they ain't that diverse <laughs> um, but each story is written by an indigenous written and drawn in color by a uh, indigenous person so echo has the first story in it Danny Moonstar has a story. Silver Fox has a story, which I was not expecting. So everybody knows I love Wolverine. One of the reasons I love Wolverine is because of Larry Hammer's Wolverine run, and Silver Fox is a big part of that. Um, for those of you who don't know, she was like basically one of the loves of his life, and yes. she was murdered during by the whole Weapon X era, right? Yeah, and she's murdered by Sabretooth, and so it kind of is a big part of their feud also of like why they yeah. hate each other. So her story was interesting because I don't think Silver Fox was ever actually a mutant, but apparently this one says that she is. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I thought that she was just like she was just a, yeah, Whatever, she's a mutant now. I'm, I'm gonna take it. We lose the mutants left and right. We're gonna take it. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> um, and so, but just all three stories were just really well done, really well written. They had great character voices. Of course, all of these characters were characters I liked as well. Echo is one of my favorite characters. Danny is one of my favorite characters. Silver Fox is a character I have a lot of affection for. Um, so, and they were all women. Who doesn't love the women? Okay. Yeah, so um, like, I I normally don't uh, follow a lot of these characters. I like a lot of them, but I never really like follow a lot of the books that they're in. Um, Danny is the only other character besides magic that I like from the New Mutants. <laughs> um, uh, it's just magic and Danny were my two favorites from that from that group. Um, so I do, I never really like read too much of them, and but I really really enjoyed this. The Echo story was really cool. She's dope. Um, 
I really enjoyed everything that she was doing out there. The sign language stuff was really cool. Yeah. Um, and, but I really, really liked Danny's story. The Danny's story was good where they had to go find the little mutant boy. That was nice. That was really cool. And her and Ron out there kind of doing their thing together. And, you know, she, I loved the speech that she kind of got from the boy where he asked her, you know, are you Krakoan? Are you or are you Cheyenne? She was like, I'm both. I'm, yeah. I'm a lot of things, you know. I and I'm. I, she said it, she was like, I'm a Valkyrie sometimes too. What's up? Yeah, <laughs> you know. And I like that she was like, it's not about being, you know, uh, about assimilation and all of us just being on this one island together. She was like, I burned this bitch down before that ever happens. <laughs> but okay. um, it's about having a family and being a part of something. And I I really enjoyed that that line. It was really cool. Very, very good. Um, everyone should go pick that book up. Yeah, it's, like, it's really, it's phenomenal. Su- support it. Because again, I feel like if these Marvel, and you know, we were just talking about that too, you know, with Dan Slott being this kind of horrible worker, and you have all of these people who are like waiting for their chance to tell the stories. These little Marvel voices, anthologies, this is how we kind of help them get that foot in the door. Yeah. You know, if these do well, people say, okay, these stories need to be told some more. You know, hopefully these creators get to also continue that. The uh, people who wrote the Echo story, I would love to see them on some type of Echo miniseries. Uh, Rebecca Roanhorse and Wes Hoyt Alvitre was on art. Um, just, I would definitely read an Echo book from them. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Like they, yeah. they did great with just her writing i love the part where they had all of the men who she's dealt with kind of like texting her trying to get her attention so it was like daredevil moon knight wolverine hawkeye all these people and they're like hey and she's just like no <laughs> she's like i don't have the time for that uh so i thought that was really well done so everyone should yeah. like it. even if they came i would also love some kind of um mirage like mini arc somewhere by the mm-hmm. the the woman who wrote that, the Darcy Little Badger is her name. Yeah. And it was drawn by Kyle Charles. I think that that was really, really yeah. dope. Awesome. Which is, awesome. and I, like you said, it's it's unfortunate that, you know, Dan Slott, who is on a documentary telling people that he turned his shit in late, can get <laughs> Fantastic Four. But like all of the indigenous people, it, they got to put 11 on them on one book to even okay. hopefully get a chance to do something in the future. Okay. But so hopefully we can support this and get more of them on may they should be writing fantastic four <laughs> I, would, okay. I would much rather get it from them <laughs> <laughs> oh so yeah marvel voices indigenous voices go pick that up be on the lookout for marvel voices legacies in february yes and rounding this week of of books that i actually got um <laughs> we continue x of swords ten of swords Yes, yes, yes. We had X-Force 14, Helions 6, and Cable number 6. Yes. How do you want to do it? You want to talk about them all in as together, or do you want to go book by book? I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> really? I actually enjoyed this week a little bit more than I enjoyed last week. I mean, oh, you didn't. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, no, I I think this week was better than last week. I will say I only really felt it was better than last week because of Hellions. And I think I mean, Hellions Hellions is really like it did a really good job of like being a part of the event, but still telling its own story. 
yeah. which I was like really grateful for. I, I love Mr. Sinister. He is my favorite villain. He really is. He's really worked his way up for me as becoming one of my favorite villains because his personality now, mm-hmm. I mean, how can you not love it? His personality now is like, child, <laughs> I've got my own plans. I've got things to do. Everybody else just needs to fall in line and where is my cape <laughs> so we can go. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I actually enjoyed the more cold calculating sinister of like the 90s, but also that gets a little boring sometimes. So I'm all right with the flamboyant personality. I do think some writers take a little bit over the top. I think Karen Gillen probably had the best mix of it and that he was the one who kind of introduced it. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't like the way that Hickman writes sinister. Oh, really? Yeah, it feels, I don't know, it's like a little too childlike. It really reminds me of the way he wrote Nimrod during Hoxpox. Okay. Oh, I liked that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I liked it for Nimrod. I don't like it for Sinister. Gotcha. Okay. Um, where I think the Hellions version of Sinister is still sassy, but he's still very much an adult. Yes. And as although we aren't getting the like kind of cold, mean Sinister from the 90s, I personally feel like this one is better because I still see that there. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I feel you, I, he, he still, clearly has, still has his own player. <laughs> He's clearly like only in this for his own like biological and the uh, way he does it. He's got going on. And it's like the way he does it, you can tell it's so purposeful. It's like, you know, even in the last issue where he's in the council meeting and everybody's kind of like, oh, well, since you feel so strongly about it, we think you should go to Otherworld. And he's like, oh, I don't want to go there. But it's like, clearly he wants to go there. He wants to go there, yeah. (laughs) So it's like, he's doing exactly, he's like playing all of you right in your face. And it's like, you think you're ahead of him because you know, and it's just like, no, he's still very much ahead of you. Yes, yes. He's got those sinister secrets, you know? (laughs) Sinister knows. He knows. Um, X-Force. So this is also my thing with the book. It's just like the way the tone just shifted. Okay. This is a 22-part story. And you've spent the first 10 to 11 issues on this sword quest. Everything was very serious. Everything was very end of the world. We have to do this. And then we get into like X-Force... 14 and we see some of the challenges and it's like y'all are having a fashion show yeah they play we sports <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's just kind of like okay and so and then my other thing with this is like what is like we how we have three issues left of yes. this book you are about to cramp the rest of this story into these final three issues of this 22 part story Honestly, and honestly, I don't even think they're going to cram the uh, finale of it into there because this just feels like setup for the future. Yeah, this is a lot of setup. <laughs> I, think, all, and so I think this is a lot of setup for like everything post X of Swords. So like, and it's let like, the books kind of like go. It's like, no, I'm not, I, don't, I don't know. Excalibur was the setup for this. This was mm-hmm. supposed to be the culmination of that story so we can move on to the next thing. No, now you just told me you just set up the setup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, X of Swords has become the stepping stone for like a lot of the books going forward to kind of use whatever kind of happened here to do whatever you kind of want to. And it's like, I understand that it's an ongoing event. So obviously you're going to plant seeds that you can kind of like take into your other books in the future. Yeah. But just like, no, that's all you're giving me right now. I still don't know what Saturnine's plan is. No, I don't. I mean, it's got to be something because it's all 
been calculated by her, I guess. So like, it's got to be something grand, I assume. I honestly, um, I hope it's I not just trying to get Brian. Like, girl, if you're doing all this for some dick, it's not that important. Like, <laughs> come on. Just and then like you get in the cable and he's contacting like Scott and Gene and now they're about to come in and do their thing. We still got the peak sitting up in um space. We still yeah. have our mystery tenth sword bear because we never had ten sword bears. Uh, we got to get all the stuff with Apocalypse and Genesis out of the way. We got to figure out what we're going to, which I'm sure all of those mutants that are in Otherworld are going to stay in Otherworld. I feel like I saw in the solicitation for the February issue that the council has to decide what to do with them. So, oh, but, okay. but again, it's like, it's just, it's just all setting up stuff for the future. It's like, so what was the point of like, what is this story doing? Because you could have just kept this in the main book. That's fair. I feel like I feel like the point of this has been to set up a lot of the shit. <laughs> I couldn't even think of anything else other than this. I feel like this was going to be used as like launching pads for stories for a lot of the stuff in the future. I'm over it. The I'm glad. I am glad that Magic got her. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that Magic got her vengeance against Pog. You know. And destroyed him, uh, figured out that his name meant sword and that his armor was sword and there was a little man inside of him. I thought that was kind of cute. But yeah, I don't know. The games were fun. I I have been enjoying the the messiness of Saturnine and kind of having everyone going on these twists and turns and everything. Storm had a really cool badass moment, I guess, with, uh, with Death. I like the way that she kind of walked away from him after she killed him. Uh, yeah, but, nice. Storm but again, with a, Storm with a knife, she's a problem. Yeah, don't give her a knife. Okay. <laughs> don't put us. Do not put a sword in her hand because she knows how to. <laughs> she know how to use it. And that is one um, thing she can do. <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna cut you <laughs> for real. Um, how did you feel about the cable issue? It was fine. I guess it was a nice moment for Gorgon. Um, I don't like Phil Noto's interior art. I feel like I said that last week, last time. I think I like it. No, it's not for me at all. It is so bland and boring and just a big panel of nothingness. I'm not a fan. Great cover work. Fantastic cover work. I was I was into the I was into it because in this issue there had to be a lot of movement at places. So like again, I like the way that his because his art looks kind of painted, I like the way that it uh kind of moves in some of his action scenes. Yeah, I'm looking at it again right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just not for me. It's, also, did Gorgon die? I think so. I think that was the point. I think he's supposed to be like the first the character who actually like dies in other worlds. So. Okay, so he did die in other worlds. So he's gonna be like broken. Us, yeah, he's gonna be something different. Which I guess okay. is an excite. Which I feel kind of bad for. I don't really feel like he had. Gorgon's had some nice moments so far. Yeah, but um, but he hasn't really had a, like a lot of like depth and story to a lot of his stuff. So I'm trying to figure exactly. out like what are, what are they gonna do with that? You know? Yeah, exactly. Um, his battle was nice though. It was a great Gorgon moment. Great Gorgon feat. Yeah, I mean, so, Gorgon was out here beating ass. <laughs> that was yeah, that was pretty cool. He did that. Even even a while blind. Was, yeah, he killed it literally, and then got killed. But good for him. It was a great battle. Yeah, and then I mean that kind of ends with you know them setting up the the final battle between Apocalypse 
and Genesis. And Genesis. Which final three issues, I guess, why not? Yeah, I'm I'm mostly excited for the destruction issue. I feel like that's gonna be the one to kind of so we'll see if it story. sticks to landing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if it sticks to landing. We will. I mean, it's been fun. It has some fun moments, I guess. Yeah. I'm I feel like this would make a really great, like, animated, um, like, arc of a yeah. X-Men TV series. Like, this would be a lot of fun to see them going into a whole other world and going through and doing all the, like, games and looking for the swords and actually fighting each other and and do all that kind of stuff. I think that would be really cool. It's like a cool animated thing. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. So at least then we'd also be able to like kind of flesh out a lot of the stuff going on in it because I feel like we (laughs) didn't, (laughs) but next week though, we'll figure, we'll see if it all kind of wraps up. And I just keep thinking about how they made this event longer. It wasn't originally 22 parts. No, I um, think they said it was like 10 or 11 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and so I've, I've just been thinking about that a lot lately because what what was the story going to be about before? <laughs> 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 I, like, were we still going to have like 10 issues of sword questing and then like three issues of story? Like, what, what were you guys doing? How, how did that go? Um, and then also, why did you make it longer? I just feel like we didn't need to, to be longer. Way. You, you know, I think it was they they saw the opportunity to kind of stretch it out, so they took it and and went for it. I wish it could have been a little more f- fleshed out, I guess, and less on the games. Yeah, those were the comics of the week. They were, they were. Um, they let's were, take a break um... and then we can come back. All right. And we are back. Yes, yes. All right. So uh, there wasn't too much news this week, but there was a lot of news in the Wonder Woman corner of DC. So yes, uh, DC finally bit the bullet. They did. You know, uh, Wonder Woman 1984 will be coming out on HBO Max on uh, December 25th this year, as well as having a theatrical release. So shout out to them for just saying, (laughs) put it up on stream, man. Okay. It's time. <laughs> it's time. We have to move forward, y'all. Like, let's, let's just do it. Like, you can do whatever. Try and figure out a way. Like, hit some drive-in theaters or something like that. Put it out there. Do what you got to do. But give the people the movies. It's yeah, time. it's you can't keep holding on to this kind of stuff because eventually people are gonna be over it and not even care anymore at all. And that's kind exactly of how I feel about Black Widow. Happen. I was about to say that's what's happening <laughs> with Black Widow. <laughs> uh, unless so, you uh, unless you're my little cousin she's been going off on me about it like she is a natasha stan okay? i love that <laughs> i love that i bet she'd be eating you up and letting you she know that is. natasha is here to stay my aunt uh sent me a text message the other day she was like kennedy is still very upset about what you said about natasha <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah, I like, she, oh, well. have you gotten her any black widow comics you should send her some I, I don't know what they now see like. <laughs> you gotta let her get into it <laughs> uh, my thing is like, i gotta find some i think i guess i could send her kelly sue's 
current Black Widow run. I can't send her yeah. some of that other stuff. It's a little bit too old. Violent. Yeah. Yeah. Little, I don't know if her mom will let me do that. If her mom that's let me fair. do it, I'd do it. But um are so are you are you excited? Are you are you you're a Wonder Woman fan, yes? I am. I think she's one of my like top five probably in DC. Uh I enjoy her a lot. Diana is, you know. I mean, she's iconic. You, you, the, the legendary uh, Diana Prince. She is, uh, there are some things I feel like she struggles with, in my opinion, as far as her writing. There can be a little mm-hmm. cyclical. Uh, mm-hmm. 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 Uh, Do you have a favorite need... Wonder Woman writer? Hmm. That's a good question. Um you know, I haven't read a lot of her early stuff, so I need to go back and read a lot of the stuff from her in the 80s and 90s. I've been I've been going through a whole like backlog of all of my favorite comic book characters because a lot of them I haven't read a lot of their stuff like back in the 70s and 80s and early 90s and stuff cuz I started to I started to read comics like whenever I can kind of get my hands on them in like the early 2000s, mid 2000s, but then I started to like continuously read stuff in like the 2010s and forward so i need to go back and read a lot of her older stuff i think i did like some of the greg pock stuff i mean uh, the greg Recca uh stuff um i did like her new 52 stuff i enjoyed it i know a lot of people else didn't really like it but i actually <laughs> I, was that, I liked it. um was that brian azarello yeah the azarello yeah, run. yeah i actually really i really 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 did like that i think that's probably my favorite wonder woman run yeah, I liked. I really liked the stuff that they were doing there with her, and they kind of, in a way, grounded her via like Greek mythology. Yeah, you know, so they kind of gave her like her own kind of background there, and and they I, even like tied her to the new gods a little bit. It was some really yeah, interesting stuff that happened. I I liked the stuff going on there. Um, so I'm not sure who my favorite favorite writer is though, but I did. I do have some some runs I liked. Um, so I'm ex- I'm excited for the movie. I liked the first one. Um, okay. I mean, compared to the other Justice League, I mean, to the compared to the other DC movies, like that one was probably better than <laughs> the majority of them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, you know, I enjoyed it. I think it's a it was a lot of fun. So, I mean, I'm I'm excited for the sequel. I'm 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 wondering what they're gonna do with Cheetah and with. I think I'm excited for Cheetah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> are you not a fan of wonder woman um the movie and the character how do you feel about her she's fine i think i think my thing with diana is a lot of her stories they kind of bank on her being this fantastic the Mascaran warrior ambassador wonder woman and then she's also just like this bulletproof super giant of power and as a result you don't really get too much there in the story yeah which again is why i really like the azarello run because i felt like he really delved into diana um so she's fine i i I completely respect who wonder woman is i do think that is it is a mistake i don't think she should be a amazing fighter and like this overpowered god type strength character i think it kind of you got to give one like she can be a great fighter and still be strong but she doesn't need to be like god level strong i think it just kind of takes it's like you get into the superman problem a little bit it's just like who do you send her up against 
what what right. does she battle and again i guess they kind of like do that when they have her go against cersei and stuff like that but at the same time it's just like all right cool yeah that's now that's kind of that. always been my biggest issue with diana actually was that she doesn't have the best rogues gallery like she and it, I, I do appreciate the fact that they, they they've written it in where she's has said that you know i don't have a joker or a lex luther because i take care of my problems meaning she has no problem yeah. <laughs> killing them <laughs> and going about her day which i appreciate but it would be nice to have her have something to kind of put some kind of like i don't know threat yeah i think to um her. I think Justice League Dark, you know, she's a big part of that book in the Magic World. I think that's a really good Diana story also because it takes her out of her normal element. And I think I've talked about it with you before where, you know, she goes to these people or magic and they're like, why are you here? You're you're not a magic person. You are Wonder Woman. You're out there battling tanks and flying with Superman on the Justice League. You know nothing about this world. And so that one, I think that entire run is really good for her because it forces her to kind of be like, okay, who am I in this world? How do I navigate yeah. it? How do I function here? So that's a good one. I also... I'm trying to think of something else I enjoyed her in. I'm sure this is, she's fine. I feel like she's, you know, she's just always there. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, she's just always there and she doesn't really do too many like awful things. So she's, she's there just kicking ass or whatever. So you kind of enjoy her, but I would appreciate if she got a little bit of a boost in story and there wasn't a reliance on her name she kind of suffers yeah. from she suffers from what captain marvel kind of suffered from when after kelly sue left and it was like all right cool she's captain marvel and kelly sue left and left the other writers to kind of take it wherever they were going to take it but they just kind of rested on her name yeah. um unfortunately carol just ended up also getting bad stories whereas wonder woman didn't get bad stories they just really just kind of rely on she's wonder woman that is that's enough <laughs> that should be more than that's enough for you to a, like it and for me it's not <laughs> um so yeah that's that I'm, I'm i'm gonna watch wonder woman 1984 so. yeah we'll definitely have to you know watch and discuss it we should have a, a rewatch of the first movie and see how we feel about it now i haven't I watched that movie in a while that. yeah i haven't either i don't think i've watched it since i saw it in the theater and that would be nice to kind yeah, of that should be the, see what it's like. That should be fun. Um, they've also given more shout out to a new character, uh, Yara Floor, who will be not only getting a new comic book post um, DC Future State, but also her own TV show. Like she's a brand new character, hasn't even had a comic out yet. And they are going to go ahead and give a Wonder Girl uh, HBO Max TV show. I am so excited for this. Me too. <laughs> I, I know nothing about this character. There's no stories with her. There's nothing there. But I supposedly she's actually so already strong. been in the books. I think supposedly she's like been a younger version of her has already appeared in a Wonder Woman recent oh. story. So, so I, I know they're giving her the comic book that Joe yeah. Jones is going to write the Wonder Girl comic book. I didn't know she had like appeared already in something though. Well, there has been like a girl who looks just like her and mm. in Brazil. And I think that they are probably going to say that like that was her and now she's older and that was Yara mm. and whatever. 
in the in the present anyway you know got it got it got it um and which is yeah, it's totally fine with me i'm very excited for i'm really excited for the future state wonder woman the wonder girl show that she's going to get and the wonder girl comic i'm a huge fan of joelle jones i think she her art written, is amazing her art is fantastic she's actually probably one of my favorite artists currently yeah. and then some of the stuff that she's written she wrote like some Catwoman stuff for a little bit um that was really enjoyable i just i, I love her I'm, yeah I'm she's really dope really excited I mean, for yara pass me my boots and tiara because <laughs> i am ready to stay i am ready to stand <laughs> okay um her weapon the little like ball the labolas yeah i think those yeah, are really cool like I mean, it's everything i'm so ready for it i love that she has those instead of like a lasso i think that's a really cool way yeah. to give her her own kind of thing uh, i think that's a really huge like thing to do for a character too to give her her own tv show after she hasn't even said, really like um, premiered yet. Some, I saw it on Twitter or something like that. They were like, it kind of feels like DC might have just made their Kamala. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, just in terms of like the reception and all the stuff that she's getting. You know, we'll see if the writing can match. I mean, it's always going to be a little touch and go. If they do it correctly and they push her enough, she'll probably be able to last for a very, very, very long time. But I'm excited. Wow, that's a really good uh, comparison. They really probably, if they like stick the landing with the comic and the TV show, they really yeah. did probably end up just making their own Kamala because she could be yeah. huge. She could be just as big as Ms. Marvel. Extremely, extremely. Now, who is your favorite Wonder Girl? Currently, no one. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the past, I would have said Donna Troy. Okay. I am a huge fan of the New Teen Titans era from um, Perez and Wolfman. I think yeah. it's it's got some of my favorite comic books in there. And like Donna was a huge part of that. And I just think the work that they did with those characters in that is really great. And I'm actually even, just getting into that now. Oh, so I'm I've, excited for you. I've read, I've read like random bits and pieces of it. Uh, mm-hmm. Some stuff, some stuff with Tara. Yeah. Um, and those kind of like more iconic stories, but I've never read the entire run. But um, I put that on my list of comics that I'm trying to work my way through, and that's next up on the list. So I think I'm just it, gonna go ahead and dive into that. It's really, really, really good stuff. Um, and I think the stuff that Donna goes through in it is great. I feel like over the last few years, though, it's been awful for her. You know, Donna died. And she came back. She was killed by a cyborg Superman. Her neck was snapped. She ended up coming back during like the Johns era of DC. And she was kind of being built up to have this really like great role as like the new Harbinger. She was like gathering heroes to stop cosmic threats. Uh, You know, Donna's one of those characters that in comic, everybody loves her because she is just so interesting. Like a ball, yeah. Yeah. then the like new 52 and stuff happened and they changed her origin. The Finches got a hold of her and they just, they made her basically, <laughs> <laughs> they made her like an evil version of Donna. And then like- Of Diana, like, right? They were like- Oh uh, yeah, Diana. Like, come out of like this like cauldron or something. Yeah, like, it was like, it was just not good. And so then Dan Abnett gets her in Titans. And so of course, you know, once that happened, you kind of erase all of Donna's history as a Titan. And so then the Titans Hunt miniseries came out and it tried to, you know, DC did this thing where they tried to reconcile a lot of their pre-New 52 history with 
the current new 52 history and it just didn't make sense and so that was one of the things that happened with donna because it's like okay you were you're saying that she was a titan all these years ago but she just got created like two months ago (laughs) right that doesn't make Um, sense and so they did that and then they even go back in it and they have a moment in one of like the titans annuals where diana and donna kind of have that moment and she lets her know she's like this history that you think is yours is actually a lie and so like they but it's just not good it's just not good donna hasn't had a good story in years so currently i have no favorite wonder girl i feel like donna suffered from that whole probably the same thing as wally west where they kind of get lost (laughs) and they get lost in the reboots You know what I mean? Like yeah. every time DC reboots, there are certain characters that end up getting like the the short end of the stick. And I feel like yeah. Donna has probably been one of them. She's a, I loved her design. Did she I think she, I feel like she was the one that really Fantastic rocked that whole the, the that star, star suit. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Even that classic red one that she used to wear. That one was just really, really good. Yeah. I've I've always kind of enjoyed her whenever she kind of popped up. I don't know much about her. Um, because my Wonder Girl was uh, Cassie. Mm, because I came in. That makes a lot of sense. You know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I came in to DC in that John's era, you know? Okay. Um, So, of course, Cassie was Wonder Girl. Cassie was good on John's. She's the messiest Wonder Girl. She is. (laughs) She's the messiest Wonder Girl. She is. I live for it, though. (laughs) Um. You know, I, she was originally before like the new 52 reboot, she was a daughter of Zeus um, Mm -hmm. and her mom was like an archeologist who, of course, you know, Zeus was out here doing it with whoever. As always. And and she was the daughter of Zeus and that's kind of how she got her power. She idolized Donna actually. um, Mm -hmm. And I think in the beginning of her, in the beginning of her, like, wanting to be a superhero she used to put on a black wig you know put her lace front on mm-hmm. and <laughs> and want to be just like donna troy um and to the point i think donna was like child <laughs> you don't got to do like, all that <laughs> at all like just, just be blonde it's okay <laughs> just be blonde yeah um and i really enjoyed all the stuff she was doing with uh on the john's run with the titans uh mm-hmm. when she even became like kind of their leader for a little bit uh I liked all that kind of stuff. So she was really cool there. But then the new 52 happened Mm -hmm. and she also kind of got the short end of the stick because they gave, she had a nice design though. That little like red and gold starry. Yeah. It was used to wear. I actually really enjoyed that. It was kind of like the red version of Of Donna's. Of Donna's. (laughs) Yeah. All of Cassie's costumes have kind of been like the red. Yeah. Uh, Which is, which I think is, always a nod to them trying to say like she did like she, idolize yeah. her yeah, yeah no i don't think it's about i think it's like she does it on purpose to be like yeah. i want to do this for donna yeah um so like the new 52 kind of changed it for her where they took away her being a daughter of zeus because i think they didn't want her to be directly related to wonder woman oh i didn't know they took that away yeah because so or, Previously, before the reboot, I think Diana was just a, like, made from clay. So it was fine for 
uh, Cassie to be the daughter of Zeus. But then in the New 52, Diana became a daughter of Zeus. So they didn't want them to be sisters, I guess. So what they had... Yeah, so they had the they had her mom i think they still she was still an archaeologist but they had her mom like be with a demigod who he was a daughter he was a son of zeus so that would like make diana so she's still related to zeus she's still like yeah got it so they kind of made them still kind of related she they still kept her related to like the greek like pantheon and everything there but they Mm -hmm. didn't uh really directly have her be related to Wonder Woman. Still like family, but not like sisters. Like it would have been had she still been a daughter of Zeus. Yeah. Uh, so like that was weird. And then they kind of changed her attitude. They made her like a street thief and- uh, oh, A street thief? Kathy? <laughs> yeah. The new movie too was a weird time. <laughs> Talk about a time. Not everything. Some things were good. Very few things were good, but the majority. Aquaman of was, was good during that time. I, that actually really is what made me a fan of his. I had never really read him before until I got into that new V two run, and I think it was, it was like good. Aquaman and maybe like one other character who kind of like walked away from that unscathed. Everybody else though. Green Lantern. Yeah, yeah. Those were they the were they two. were good during the new fifty two. Everybody, everybody else. Was else. Like, <laughs> And it's like, it wasn't even just like a character standpoint. It was like creators. I'll never forget creators were giving interviews talking about how they were like walking off or they were quitting DC because editorial was just like so bad. And yeah. who was writing Superman at that time? Mm. Mm, I got to go back and look it up. But I'll, it was someone who was writing Superman. And I'll never forget. They were saying that they were doing a plot in their book that another writer was basically what they were doing would cancel his plot out and they never let him know. So he was like, he just quit the book. <laughs> what? He was, like, he was like, I just quit the book. I was just like, ooh, I'm gonna Where find out. Where was the editing? Oh my god, There was none. It was non-existent. And that was the one thing that everybody was saying. They were like, there is no editing. Deadlines are a mess. No one's in control. DC has been a mess for a while. But again, yeah, they've got they, a lot they of new people just do a whole in reboot. charge. They've got a lot of new people in charge. So I'm... Excited. I think they just got a they just got a new editor in chief, I think. Mm -hmm. A new editor in chief. They got a new manager. There's a woman, she just took over a position. They've got a lot of like good people coming in, it seems like. So all we had to do was get rid of Didio. (laughs) That seems to be the issue there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It seems like they're gonna do this future state thing and give us all like a breather and then Mm -hmm. launch into a fresh, a fresh start. I think future state also kind of feels like a test run. I think so too. For a lot of these potential stories, it's like, let's give these guys a little, cause you know, I know they've made the whole, they put a lot of emphasis on once this is done, we're going back to the regular stories. But again, yeah. you've already let us know you've got this Wonder Girl comic coming. What else are you kind of testing out in this to give us in the summer? Cause I, I assume a lot of stuff will probably start hitting on like the summer of this year, of next year. I- I agree. I bet there will probably be a bunch of new things announced for whatever version, whether it be in person or virtual Comic Con next yeah. year, where they start to announce like, okay, these things kind of worked in Future State, <laughs> so <laughs> we're gonna start planting the seeds for those things to keep around, and we'll exactly. we'll grow into those things. I don't think everything's exactly. gonna stay though. No, a lot of that stuff you, in the bad books isn't gonna stay. No. 
No, not at all. <laughs> do you do you think the there should be a Wonder Girl? Like, do you think there needs to be a Wonder Girl? In oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm a huge fan of the superhero family at DC and the way they do that with like their legacy characters. So it's like you know you got the Arrow family, the Superman family, Batman family, Aquaman family, the whoever, branches whoever. Of, of characters. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing I've always felt kind of bad about for Diana is that they never really let her family stick. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Because she's got a lot of characters who could kind of fill that void. You know, Artemis is around. Cassie's been around. Donna's around. Um, you know, they're bringing Nubia back slowly but surely in various yeah. ways. She's got a lot of people who can be there at her side. And it just and they always kind of keep her by herself, which is another reason why I think some of her books suffer a little bit more than others. Because, you know, when you go into these bat books, you see them being a family you get that personality you get those interactions and diana's it's typically just her by herself she has yeah. no one to really play along off of no one to interact with and if she does it does and again that's why i think that azarello book was so good because they did give her so many characters for her to finally like these are my people yeah but there definitely should be a wonder girl i'm is cassie still around right now no yeah she's in young justice Yes, yeah, she is. She was in Young Justice. I did not read any of that because no. <laughs> I think I read like the first like three issues. <laughs> um, I mean, Young Justice is usually like her like staple book. I think that. Uh, but Young Justice has also been weird because I don't know if it's in. They've said it's in continuity, but like it also doesn't really feel like it's in continuity. Yeah, that's what I was seeing. Like when they had Superboy there, but I wasn't sure yeah. like which Superboy that was supposed to be. I don't know. Maybe I should pick the book back. I know I'm not going to. But I think um, it was canceled. It was canceled. Was it? Yeah. Or like it or ended. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> I think, I think okay. it's done. So well, that's that. So I mean, I think that's going to be the thing. If they are going full force with Yara as Wonder Girl, what are they going to do with Cassie? Exactly. And if they're going to move forward with Yara as um, as Wonder Girl, are they going to like have them all like be together? Is this only going to be Yara's book? Like, is she just like Wonder Girl in name only? But she doesn't really have any type of connections to Diana because obviously she's Brazilian. So right. Shown the Greek gods, they they nothing to her. Right. I really wonder what they're going to do with the gods too. Like, is she going to have any connection with like? The Greek gods, or are they going to give her like a, a new like pantheon of gods? I wonder Which I'm kind of excited to... for. I actually think that's a really interesting idea that her, that if, you know, she does interact with Donna or become close with Donna, that they do have different pantheons. Yeah. Kind of, I think, I think that's actually like a really interesting concept for the Wonder family as a whole. It's kind of like, and just, you can pull on different mythologies that way. Which is that would be actually really interesting. With a lot of other DC characters. <laughs> Yeah, that would actually be really cool if they all kind of had their own kind of mythology that they can kind of call on. Yeah. Uh, and it would kind of entrench them with like some magic stuff too. I know y'all mm -hmm. like that. So that, that would be magic, you know. that would be cool. Um, but I do wonder what they're going to do with Donna and Cassie once they bring honestly, Yara around. Honestly, they can they can just they can kill Donna again. <laughs> and it's it's not even a thing like I just don't think anybody knows what to do. I don't even know what to do with Donna at this point. Truthfully. Yeah. 
I think she has, I, she was better off dead. Some characters are. She was, she became a martyr. And yeah, I, th- and I think honestly, like that kind of fits Donna. <laughs> and she, that's okay. Some she, characters are supposed to be yeah. there to be like, you know, a symbol of what I, they should rise to be. Yeah, and I think that's what it was. I think Donna was always kind of, especially you'll see in those New Teen Titan books, she was kind of always this aspirational character. Even when she wasn't at her best, people still really looked up to her or loved her or just, again, she was a likable person. So when she died, that's why her death was such a big deal for everybody. You know, you had like Starfire going off on Superman. You had Wonder Woman saying she didn't want Cassie on the Titans for this reason. You had all this tension between a lot of other people like Wally and some League members and things like that. And Starfire had to get Wonder Woman's ass in that time. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah, and so when they brought her back in the beginning, it was like, okay, cool, because again, they still kind of had her on this pedestal of like, she is the one who everybody's like kind of aspiring to work with and like do all this good stuff with but ever since then especially since the new 52 happened it's just really been like what purpose does she serve she's no longer the martyr character the story of her being like evil wonder woman is just not interesting or good whatsoever the relationships with the the whole titans relationship thing has just kind of been chopped completely she she can die it's fine honestly if if they want to keep her dead that's fine but if they want to bring her around i actually really enjoyed what they did with her in the young justice animated series and they made her her the emissary for uh uh themiscara so like she was the diplomat for themiscara and i think her just being like a figurehead instead of just diana always being the one that they would always Mm. go to for whatever kind of diplomatic stuff would go on you can kind of leave her in that I am the speaker of, I'm the voice of peace. That would be a good role for her. I you know what I'm saying? Like she can kind of be that that person to kind of speak for peace and, and everything. I would like that. Actually, but I, I feel like a lot of uh, writers who do Wonder Woman, I don't know, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you might have read something there, but I feel like they kind of shy away from Themyscira. Yeah, they, I feel like a lot of times in the like 80s and 90s, they weren't too shy about being it back when they wanted to call it paradise island and everything yeah but i feel like now they don't really do too much with with the mascara i think it's or time she to elevate it or if diana goes there she's not there for very long no no i think it's because they i think i think they think that people want to see her like interacting with people and like being with earthly kind of things but i think a, it, it should be totally fine with her being with the mascara usually what happens is you know, a part of her story is that she leaves Themyscira and, like, is no longer allowed to ever come back. So they usually kind of rely on that to have her never really go back there. And the times when they do have her go back there, it's because some random arc or something. But I think it's time to probably just... seems like such a missed opportunity for the world building. Yeah, I think it's... They should probably do something about that whole, well, you can never return. They should probably just change that. (laughs) That is interesting. I, feel like- I think I think it's also because they try to you know what that could be a great role for for Donna instead of Themyscira always being this hidden island maybe they finally want to join the rest of the world and Diana can be the champion but Donna's the voice she's the, actually the mm-hmm. the diplomat the diplomatic the voice one. she she fits great in those type of roles you know what I'm saying yeah you know? she's just- that girl 
I don't know. She is. I just, it's, it's so sad to me the way her character has been handled over the last few years. It's just depressing. It's you just like how do you about so many different people? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think. Um, do, what, what, what would you have Cassie doing around this time, especially if Yara is going to be the new Wonder Girl? Would you want them to be dual Wonder Girls? Um, I don't know if they're if if they seem to be probably going to be the same age. It seems like it seems like you know comic book ages all kind of scale to whatever they're going to be yeah. but it seems like yara is going to be the same kind of age as cassie i would want i would want yara to be a solo wonder girl while um cassie is, is kind of on like the teen titans or something like that like i would want the okay. or like young or like young justice still you know okay and i would want them to both be wonder girl and obviously meet or whatever and be and be friends or something like that i'm sure there may be some trust issues that they got to get over because they don't really really know each other Mm -hmm. but i would rather the two of them kind of be dual wonder girls or even one of them maybe change their name may have cassie be go by something else actually you know what i would rather that i would rather yara take up the wonder girl mantle and then have cassie say you know it's time for me to like have my own going to her next phase. Yeah. Her next phase going to have her own name that is still, still related to the whole wonder mm-hmm. group of people, but it's in, it's something that she can kind of define instead of having her always be trying to live up to being Donna. It would finally mm-hmm. be her kind of stepping out of Donna's shadow. That it, it is time for that. And she, she's, she's had a decent run as wonder girl. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. It's been like at least, 10 to 15 years now? Yeah, it's at least those that, that long. So it's time yeah. for her to do something it's, else. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did you feel about her whole... Because, you know, I did say that she's the messiest Wonder Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that whole time of her dating Superboy, also having the pseudo relationship with Tim, them being best friends. Um, just that whole affair. You know, you know... Um... When you're hot, you're hot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> real hot girl shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't. She can't help it. <laughs> um, she has the boys I, fighting. Hey, <laughs> when you when you got it, you got it. Um, and and you know, I when she was, I feel like when she was introduced, she kind of had this big crush on Superboy mm-hmm. um, and then I think they kind of had Tim develop this crush on her mm-hmm. and you know she she went for it she went for it they kissed it was it was nice or whatever and then she also dated Superboy <laughs> so hey you know I'm all for anyone deciding whatever they want to date you date whoever you want to okay <laughs> I love it. It was a fun time. It was fun. That John's Titan era was really, really well done. John's, the whole John's era. Child, I miss it. Was, it was an era. It was a very like, it it felt very like reader friendly and like reader focused. Mm -hmm. He went through almost every character on DC's roster and kind of like, reinvigorate like made it so a new reader could jump in figure out who these characters are 
and then still told new stories that felt fresh and different for them. Mm-hmm. It was great. Starfire. Let's... Starfire, Aquaman, Hawkman, the JSA, Green Lantern. Like he was, the man was working. I feel like he was really like, really like the architect for a lot of that, a lot of that stuff at that time. And Which really is why I feel like, like DC is missing now. Yeah, they really need to have someone kind of set up some stuff and like really kind of outline everything. I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Future state's coming. We'll see what happens after that. Yeah, hopefully they figure it out. So yeah, my my favorite Wonder Girl was Cassie, and I feel like she mm-hmm. should she can she she should sign for her to like kind of step up and do something else. If if they decide to use her, I would rather her kind of get her right. own thing. Okay. My favorite Wonder Girl was Donna, but I see it potentially turning into Yara. I mean, me too, honestly. <laughs> Cassie oh, might have to just move on to the side because like, Yara is like, coming. It's just, I do like um, Artemis, though. Do you like Artemis? Oh, she's cool, yeah. Um, actually, I think Cassie was trained by her uh, when she was first starting to come out as, as Wonder Girl. Artemis kind of trained her. Oh, yeah, um, I think I remember a little bit of that. Um, Artemis, has, cool. Artemis got a lot of love in that Red Hood in the Outlaws book. Yeah, she um, it honestly wasn't that great, but she finally got some type of story, which I thought was nice. And and again, it it just it makes me remember about all these characters who have these connections to Diana, mm-hmm. and they just won't let them be around Diana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why they won't let them all like be together. <laughs> it's just like just let them hang out together. It's okay. Yeah, I feel like they think people are gonna want them. To compete or something but really we just want them to be to kick it together like it's, they could be it's interesting i wonder so i remember um during the dan abnett era of aquaman he was doing an interview and he spoke about how stories of aquaman in atlantis sell less than stories of aquaman on land so dc was purposely trying to get Abnett to move away from stories of Aquaman in Atlantis. Wow, I didn't know that. It was was the strangest thing. Um, But I also think about like Diana and how we were talking about her and like the mascara. I wonder if that's how they feel about it too. It's like, if you put her in the mascara with all these other Amazonian characters, do those sell less than the stories of her out in the city snapping Maxwell Lord's neck? (laughs) <laughs> and that's why they, and that's also why they kind of keep all of those characters away from her. Do people not actually are people actually not interested in that? I wonder. That's a good question. I wonder are people only interested in just Diana and not her with like a group of people? Because again, that Azarella run, which we loved, was not very well received. <laughs> no, no. I like I liked it. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. The especially the Cliff Chang art, like it was great, mm-hmm. but I think, and I think a big part of that too was a lot of people didn't like what he did with the Amazons in that, talking about how they were like kidnapping men, and like right, and that's how they would get, that's how they gave birth to more Amazons, like they yeah, but I, I didn't mind it. See, I didn't mind it either because it felt like Real? mythology. Yeah, that's, yeah, and that too. Yeah, it, it felt like I was reading some kind of like old like like fact about. Like Amazons, yeah, <laughs> you like know what I mean? Like, day, like that, that totally yeah. feels like something they would have done. So it's, I yeah. think, it's, you know, they've said, hey, and they, they might have done that. So it was, it was just weird backlash. But again, it was a story of 
Diana and the Amazons on Themyscira. So it's like, is it because they were kidnapping the men or is it like, do people just not like stories on Paradise Island? Yeah. I mean, it may have been because they were kidnapping the men and they probably felt like they were taking advantage <laughs> of the men or something. But like, I don't know. I, 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 I thought it was. Men. Okay. <laughs> Who needs a man? <laughs> like, get out of here. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that's, uh, all I really wanted to talk about with Wonder Girl. She's getting the, a lot of spotlight. So we'll see what's going on with the whole Wonder Corner. We'll we'll see. I think, I think this is a good sign. I won't get, I, I'm cautiously optimistic. I think DC is really, really good at announcing things. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, it, it is one thing I would never take away from that company. They know how to build some hype. Even the New 52. I remember when the New 52 got announced. I was like, yes, this is exactly what we want. Um, Rebirth got announced again. It was like, yes, this sounds great. Like, Future State, yes, this sounds great. This Wonder Girls thing, yes. It, it, it always sounds very, very good. Yeah. And then we get into it, and it's like not. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but again i also think about how we have all this new talent in charge of dc mm-hmm. so it's like i'm cautiously optimistic i see it i see it i see the vision always see the vision and i and i want it to work but we'll see if it works i would love for it to work i would love to like have dc books on my pull list again me too those are the days <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break and then we'll come back for the relaunch. All right, all right, all right. We are back for everyone's favorite part of the show, the relaunch. Yes, yes. Let's get into it. Um, I guess I'll go first this week. Mine is kind of short. So um, <laughs> the character I am going to get into is not short <laughs> okay. at all. She's she's tall. It is Starfire. Oh, uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we love Starfire. Starfire over here. Good. Yeah. Starfire is my favorite uh, Titan character. Um, and I've been realizing that I think I just like like strong, headstrong women <laughs> yeah that's definitely your brand yeah that's definitely yeah, your brand even when you just even when you were just talking about cassie you were like cassie <laughs> was your wonder girl outside of the john stuff like i knew that was going to be your wonder girl she's carol jr yeah <laughs> i think i gotta think <laughs> of those kind of girls um so i mean most i feel like a lot of people kind of know who starfire is she was a part of that huge hit uh teen titans show that a lot of us grew up watching she's a little um, iconic <clears throat> very different in the comics than she was on the cartoon. They kind of scaled a lot of things mm-hmm. that can kind of change things up for her. Uh, on the, in a TV show, they kind of made her seem a lot more aloof and like out of like, she didn't really know what was going on around her. Yeah. Then she is in the comics, she's actually like a warrior. So yeah. uh, for she those who don't really, yeah. So those who don't really know too much about Starfire, her real name is Coriander. Um, she's from the planet Tamaran. She has an older sister who hates her. And <laughs> on Tamaran, everyone can fly. It's like a natural ability for them to be able to fly. However, her sister Blackfire, uh, Commander, 
did not have the ability to fly. She had like some kind of uh, defect as a kid. So she couldn't like learn how to fly. Um, so because of that, she was not going to be like next in line to rule the throne. Um, Starfire was. <clears throat> So, of course, she hated her. <laughs> so they like so much that they went off to be trained on in this planet called Okara with the, like the warlords of Okara, which like, Starfire always brings up how that's where a lot of her training came from. She loved them. Yeah. And they went. <laughs> that's the kind of planet Tamaran is like they send their kids to a, a warlord planet for summer camp to learn how to fight <laughs> and of course there they're like learning all these skills on how to be a fighter and commander blackfire like attempts to try to kill starfire <laughs> she hates her that mm-hmm. much um so much so that she used she gives a like plans and secrets to tamaran to these uh these other people called the citadel which end up uh, taking over tamaran and enslaving Starfire, uh, Starfire ends up becoming a slave to Blackfire. So Blackfire worked with these people to uh, take over Tamaran and she became her sister's like <laughs> ward and became like her warden. Um, sorry, yeah, she became a warden. So she's got this big history, tumultuous history with her sister after her sister like, uh, is her warden then this other aliens kind of come and take over and they get captured by the scions and the scions experiment on both blackfire and starfire and that's where you get the whole energy blast thing from so kind of similar to what happened with uh captain marvel when she got kidnapped and taken over by the brood and they like did experiments on her and that's where her powers came from a similar thing uh so they end up having these new powers uh, with these energy bolts, this ultraviolet like radiation energy that they can kind of blast and they break free. But of course, um, Commander like <laughs> is a little bit stronger cause she was absorbing radiation a little bit longer than Starfire and ends up like beating her up <laughs> very badly. Naturally. Coriander Starfire ends up like getting a ship, fleeing from her sister, and that's how she crashes on Earth and becomes a part of the Titans and everything there. Uh, so she ends up going on all these adventures with the Titans, you know, kind of like what we talked about earlier. She the Teen um, Titans, great run, great run. I really need to go back and read a lot more of that. I've read some of it though that early first run of the Titans, but uh, that's kind of maybe I do that today. <laughs> um, <laughs> She ends up like with the Titans for a little bit. She doesn't have too like many solo runs. So she ends up getting a solo run later uh, after the new 52, which to be honest, like you don't even really need to read it. That was <laughs> um, the one written by Amanda Connor. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't, don't pick that up. No. And it ended up being kind of like where I think they wanted to capitalize on her tv personality and they kind of overly made her really ditzy and it just it was, i remember was, a lot of people were like kind of a, like female readers they were like kind of offended by it very offended yeah because i mean the thing about starfire that i've always liked about her was her agency over not only herself but her body it was yeah. she is the one that's in control of whatever she wants to do and i really appreciate that uh coming from a character she's not like 
bound by no man. <laughs> she can yeah. make whatever kind of decisions she wants to do. And she's not like ditzy. <laughs> she was yeah. a trained warrior. So sure. Like, and she, even, even the things that she didn't know, it was never from a place of like where people laughed at it. Exactly. It was, it was it's more much like a culture thing. She is exactly. from a different planet. So yes, she doesn't know what, you know, earth things are, but that doesn't mean she's like, everyone's laughing at her and she's just some joke. Um, so, you know, she goes on all these really cool adventures out with the new t- the Titans. Um, then there was a little bit of a reboot that happened with the new 52 where they kind of changed her background where they said that the, she was sold into slavery by uh, the Tamaranians and Blackfire was oh, actually trying to help that. her get out of it. Yeah. It oh, was wait, the- I do think I remember reading that. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. Because I remember good. it became a um, a story point in Justice League Odyssey. Did you did you read that? No, I haven't yet. That's actually on my list of things to do, too. I want to get into it because Starfire's in it. You don't have to rush. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um. So, yeah, the whole, the New 52 era was kind of weird with her. Um. So what I would do for a relaunch for her is I would actually give her a solo series again and actually have her leave earth because she's been there, you know, as long as we've kind of known her, she's always kind of lived there. I'd have her leave earth and find a like Tamaranian colony because I think Tamaran was like exploded or something like that. And uh, I would have her go out in space, find like a Tamaranian colony on a different planet or something and start to get more, uh in tune with that culture and also reintroduce her brother her younger brother ryander oh i do love ryander yeah i think that would really cool i bring him around and i'd uh have him be like a supporting cast for her and have the two of them kind of work and build a relationship together and kind of go on some adventures and then have her obviously come into contact with her sister and have her sister still hate her (laughs) because there's nothing wrong with someone being a villain and uh i would still have them kind of go at it but i would actually have her go out and really explore herself and more of like her tamaranian side and when she would come back to earth i would have her become a full-time member of the justice league because it's time <laughs> that she it's there's time, no reason she should there's no reason she shouldn't be a justice league member and i mean they need more women so she should be a member See, they do yeah, okay so i i, that's I, what I, I agree do. with that I, and i i think it's definitely time for starfire to take a little bit more of a prominent role again after wonder woman you could probably say she's like one of dc's most prominent female characters yeah i feel like it's it's supergirl wonder woman you know, uh, Batgirl probably, but I feel like Starfire should yeah. definitely well, be up giving, there. Yeah, Star, 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 Starfire's like a top five. Yeah, the, and the I think because really like her. she doesn't have, which is in, which is awesome. I think that show really did a great thing for her because she doesn't have real ties to like a lot of the other characters there because she's from a whole other planet. You know, like it's not like she's like a legacy character of someone else. Yeah. Uh, so. I think that it would be she. It's time for her to get like an actual boost of character. If y'all could do it for Nightwing, you could do it for her. Okay, <laughs> that's that. all I'm saying. So, did you yeah. like their relationship? 
Uh, I think it's cute that she is like bigger than him. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, if you're reading Titans now, I think you'll enjoy it a little bit more. So that, that was one of my things too about that new Teen Titans run. Um, Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Those characters have so much personality. Yeah. And the story, it, because again, the run was so long, like the stories they go through it. You know, how, one of the things you always say that you like to see characters in the relationship, working on the relationship. Nightwing and Starfire very much do that the entire time because Corey is such a passionate person. When something's yeah. upsetting her, she lets it be known. Like I'll never about her. <laughs> yeah, I even I'll never forget the issue where um, Dick Grayson finally decides he's quitting being Robin, mm-hmm. and she like burst out. She's like, "Why didn't you tell me this? Like, why is this the first time I'm hearing about it with everybody else?" <laughs> right? She's yeah, like, she was like, oh, "We're supposed to be like." <laughs> Yeah, you know, so, so that was, and he like even apologized to her. He's like, "I'm so sorry." Like, it's really, it's a really cool relationship. I actually enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I, I mean, their relationship is cool. I would rather her be single and kind of doing whatever she wants to do, uh, and not be tied to no man. But <laughs> um, I do, I did like when she was dating uh, Nightwing. I think they actually got married um, too, right? I think they uh, got married, but I think Raven crashed the wedding and ended it before it could actually like follow that sounds like something interest. raven would do i can't stand raven um. <laughs> <laughs> she's interesting i yeah um starfire actually has been married twice once with a some random alien for i think like a peace thing and then that was such time, a good issue yeah, so I actually have that issue, like the physical copy. I'll never forget. I oh, really? On bookstore, and it was there. And I remember seeing the cover has Starfire in this torn and tattered wedding dress, and she's got her star bolts, and she's crying. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Who is this woman? <laughs> um, and so I picked the issue up, and it's always funny to me because as she's marrying the other guy, she sees Nightwing like in the crowd, and she's like, "Oh my God, there's Dick! Like he's gonna say something. He's gonna break this wedding up. He's gonna like." we're going to be together forever. And then they go to Nightwing and he's like, look at Corey. She's so happy. Like, how can I say anything to ruin this moment for her? And I'm just like, oh, this is so sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. I, you know, I don't really even see it for Nightwing too much. I love that. I love the I, I love, which is crazy because I love Nightwing. He's one of my favorite uh, DC characters. So he's cool. I think I, I would love the two of them together, but I do love their relationship. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I love that. I do love their relationship. It is great because you do actually see them working on it and actually being together. I, I just it, you know, don't want her to be tied down to no more. Sometimes your favorite <laughs> characters need to be single for a little bit. You know, just a little bit, you know? I agree with that. Um, so yeah, that's how I relaunch her. I take her out into space, give her a solo and let her actually be Tamaranian and kind of get more into who she is as a character. Um, and then have her kind of come back to Earth sometimes and make her about, uh, put her in the Justice League. I'm into it. All right. You know, it is so interesting that we are so DC heavy, have been talking about these Titans runs, and then your character was Starfire, because my character is Cyborg. Oh, yes. You know what the Titans deserve. <laughs> the Titans are iconic. <laughs> um, they are. They really are. They, uh, they're up there. The Titans comics were, I think, some of the first ones that I really got into super heavy after the X-Men and Aquaman, which were like the first two of the comic books that I really did. It was like the Titans yeah. came after that. Same. Um, 
So I don't, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but I actually really love Cyborg. And I think it's funny because I've mentioned before how I don't really love like techie characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with Cyborg, a big part of his story has always been how he's still the man outside of the machine, which has also been a very big problem for a lot of his stories. So if you don't know, depending well, on- you the- do, you do love a good, like, you know, there's somewhere in the middle that like tortured a little bit, like they got to figure themselves out. I love a tortured soul. I love yeah. a tortured soul. I do. I really do. Um, so if you don't know, Cyborg uh, was created in the 80s, 1980. So he's actually had two different origins. The original I didn't origin, know that. Yeah. So the original origin of Cyborg was that he was like visiting his parents in their lab where they worked on interdimensional portals. And so during this, when he's there, basically, I guess they get one of the portals to work. A monster like comes through, kills his mom, gravely injures him to the point he almost dies. And then like, but the dad does something, he manages to send it back. Mom's dead. So what Silas, Victor's father does is he finds these prosthetic research that he has and he creates cyborg. Mm -hmm. Um, Cyborg obviously is like traumatized by it. He is like, I'm a monster now. He ends up getting found by Raven. That's how he ends up joining the Titans. Um, He continues on in that book for a very long time. He has a couple of really big storylines. He's actually a big reason why the Justice League and the Teen Titans all fight in this 90s. Then the Technus Imperative, he's like bonded with this space machine and he ends up kidnapping all of the Titans because he doesn't want to be alone. And so the Justice League come to like find them and they're like, okay, well, obviously cyborg is just this big machine now we got to destroy it and all the titans are like no he kidnapped us because he's alone he's clearly still in there and huge fight breaks out they end up saving him it's a really fun story um and i think it's also one of those things like if you just want to see the hero you know i always say i don't like a hero versus hero story but that was a good hero versus hero because <laughs> <laughs> it made sense yeah, <laughs> it, just, yeah. It, it made sense um and so he also plays a big part in the john's titans run he's kind of acts as the mentor to the team he brings on the new guys it's great he's just had a really good story then the new 52 hits and at this point (laughs) um cyborg's entire history is completely changed his father silas is a scientist at star labs and Victor, the athlete, which was also something that was always in his previous storyline that he was an athlete. Um, Victor ends up going to Star Labs to visit his dad where they're working on a mother box. The mother box explodes, kills a bunch of the scientists and bonds itself to Victor. I don't think it's honestly the worst thing that could happen to him. And I feel like that it's a little bit more believable of how these mechanics stay on him okay lives as opposed to like oh my dad dad did it yeah um because it's like when did his dad ever do anything like that before (laughs) 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 um so it's like i I don't mind it so the biggest change in this um with this new 52 origin is that cyborg has never been a titan he is in a he's actually a founding member of the justice league Mm. now that was a terrible decision so I, I'm actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So, it was. I think where I am now, I've kind of just come to accept it. I don't think they're ever going to go back to making him a titan. 
Um, and I think I've kind of gotten to the point where I feel like you can make him a founding member of the league and it still works. I, so, so I will say that I was very much in agreement that it was a mistake. I think that when you made Cyborg a founding member of the league, you took away all of those relationships and the bonds that he had formed with the Titans. And you got rid of so much of his story that made him a natural fit for the league pre new 52. Um, there was, I'll never even forget during that uh, justice league reboot they were doing with like Vixen and Arsenal joined the team as Red Arrow. They were like, they had Diana, Bruce and Clark going through members or going through heroes who they could nominate for the league or who they'd send the invitation out to. And Cyborg's picture came up and all three of them were like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like this is, he has finally gotten to that role. He started out as like this Titan. He's been a leader of the team. He has shown that he can do all this stuff. He is ready to be on the league. That, yeah, bring him on. Once you made him a founding member, you lost all of that. He just becomes this rookie amongst these giants. And it doesn't really work because the Justice League aren't really known for being like close. No. So you don't get a lot of personality from him anymore. They're coworkers um, at, at most, right? They're yeah. Like- and so I thought that was kind of fixed. So throughout all of this, Cyborg gets a solo series. Um, the first one's by Johns. It's fine. You know, it's 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 a it's a John's book, so it's good. It's got a nice mm-hmm. little thing with Cyborg. I think again, it kind of gets into the biggest problem that you have with Cyborg stories, and that is the man versus the machine. Ah. Um, so many of Cyborg stories is about how he is trying to overcome how people see him as just like this. Android, he's like, I am still a human here. I still have a heart that beats. I still have these things. I think there's even during that new Teen Titans run, there's like a training session that he's doing where he's like lifting all this stuff up. And they're like, oh, we're getting readings of your mechanics and it's looking like some stuff isn't working. It's about to pop. And he's like, no, I don't care. Like keep doing it. And he ends up like breaking the wall that he was trying to do. And he talks about, he's like, I'm still a human in here. He's like, I got to push myself just like I was an athlete. He's like, if something's like tough, I got to find another way to overcome it where I got to like get stronger and beat it. That's how I know who I am. That's pretty cool. Cause I think they did an episode of that on the Teen Titans show. Yeah, they did. Um, that's cool. So it's, that's always been like a really good thing about Victor. I think the problem came, that's all people kept doing with him, especially after the new mm. 52, because it was like, you didn't even have the relationships or other people to build him off of anymore. It was just, Oh, is he a man or he a machine? Um, and then I think a lot of that was fixed when David Walker did his cyborg solo series. It I liked that costume in that, that series. Oh, such a good design. Such it was really sleek. It was cool. Design. So I think in that one, you know, he kind of started the arc out similar to a lot of others. Is cyborg the man or the machine? I think he did great because he took it to the next step. It's like, we know that Cyborg Victor Stone is the man. Who is that man? And it's like, what does that man do? And so, you know, Cyborg actually like gains control of his prosthetics to the point where he can look human. Oh, okay. And it's like, he does that and he doesn't want anyone to know at first because he's scared because he's like, okay, I'm finally going to be like visible to my friends and my family for like the first time in however long. And how do I deal with that? And so then, you know, he kind of starts coming out into this human form and he's, and it's fun because David Walker kind of plays it up is not only a cyborg, a man, he's a black man. And so 
he gets hit with like a lot of microaggressions from people as he's kind of walking around. They're like, you know, um, how do you eat? You know, how mm-hmm. do you use the bathroom? These like just really invasive questions about him and how they kind of see him as this exotic entity rather than just like the black man who he's trying to be. Mm-hmm. And um, there's this group of techno sapiens they're coming to like steal people's essence and they like specifically want his because it'll make them more powerful and like i was rereading the story and it made me think of like get out when... oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah i was just like oh wow so i was like this is this is really good stuff and, and you know it's interesting to watch how he kind of goes from this place of fear of being able to show his prostate like walk around as a normal person to the end of the story arc where he starts revealing himself to all of the members of the justice league. And I thought like, okay, like this is how you do Victor stone as a founding member of the justice league. Like you've created the story, you got him. He's revealing himself. He has new relationships. You can show him being a competent solo hero. It was great. Then that one stopped. And David Walker has actually spoken about how, he feels like DC kind of pushed him off the book because they did not enjoy what he was doing with Cyborg in that way. Because the next book that got released by John Semper was reverting right back to the man versus the machine of Cyborg. He got this like very clunky, ugly Cyborg design that was just Mm. like all big. And it was just like, this is not what people want. But it's like that's <laughs> but it's just like that's how DC saw it. They were like just like, oh no, like he's just the big and I think that's a problem that DC has with a lot of great characters. They get into like this one mode again, the Didio effect. Yeah. Into that one mode of character, and it's like, do not go beyond that. Um and Cyborg is a character where I think that story has been told really well in a lot of different mediums. The way the Young Justice cartoon did Cyborg's like turn into that with that mother box, that was really well. Really done. did, yeah. Um, Young Young Justice is the best superhero, like animated series, hands down. It's the best show. They got (laughs) it. So Um, good. And you know, and he's and he's been associated with some other teams too. He's been on the Doom Patrol before. He's also on the Doom Patrol show, which is also very good if you haven't watched that. Um, he's been associated with the Metal Men. They've so they've tried to do a lot of things with Cyborg, even outside of the Justice League. Again, it just never really feels like it sticks because they don't know who they want him to be. Do they want him to be like the kind of tech guy who all the heroes bounce ideas off of and like need to figure stuff out for them? Is he the competent solo hero? You add the new gods component in there because of the mother box. Do you want, and I think they tried to do that in Justice League Odyssey, kind of make him the galactic hero and that just did not go over well. And Mm. again, I think you kind of get into the stuff with the Titans. And while it is great to see a lot of that history, I think it's just gotten to the point where he can't be beholden by it anymore. It's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. And to do that, you kind of have to show Cyborg as the confident, well-adjusted Cyborg that he is in, in the animated series a little bit. Like you think like the Titans cartoon was a Doom Patrol. Yeah, he goes through those moments of like, oh, I'm a nasty monster, but then he kind of like adjusts back to it. And again, I think that's what the Walker solo did. It had him like adjusting to it. And so it's like, you just got to. So with all of that being said, my relaunch for Young Cyborg, I will say this before I even get to that. While I don't mind Cyborg as a solo hero, I do not think he thrives as one. 
Okay. Because a big part of Cyborg, I feel like he falls into the mentor family role of the team. He yeah. cannot do it by himself. Yeah. Um, and just like how we talked about a little bit with Diana earlier, he doesn't have the crew to like really build off of it. So I would not give him a solo book. I would actually have him leading a team. This would be a rebooted series or relaunched series, The Terrifics. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> okay. So for those of you who don't know, The Terrifics is the DC team. They're basically DC's Fantastic Four. Um, the original oh, team way had, better written right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the original team was Mr. Terrific, Metamorpho, Phantom Girl, and oh, why can't I think of his name? The Long Guy. Oh, Elongated Man? Plastic Man. Plastic Man, yes. Woo, I cannot remember his name just to save my life. <laughs> um, so they it was basically a spinoff of Metal, the DC Metal event, and they were like going through the dark multiverse trying to find some it, it honestly wasn't that great um i really love the concept and the characters more than the actual execution of it mm -hmm. um this terrifics would be a kind of revamp from that so i think that one thing that you do have interesting with cyborg is that he has that mother box component so again you can kind of play that alien tech thing i think especially in dc there needs to be a team that is going around like finding that superhero tech or like trying to get it out of the wrong hands. And okay. I, and I think Is that, like tech squad. Yeah. And so you would kind of house that at star labs because where else would you house it? Uh, yeah. And, and then of course you have like all these people, you have Victor kind of being able to monitor it. You have him out still being able to be a hero because again, I think that's where a lot of cyborg stories also lack in that the best ones are when he's being an outright hero. I think about in the John's run during Titans when the team fought Dr. Light and Cyborg mm. comes out and he like, and like after everybody's gotten their asses handed, he's finally like, no, and he comes in. And even when Priest took over the um, Justice League for a couple of issues and he put Cyborg in charge of the team and he was like trying to stop like a war of people and things like that. Like Cyborg is still a hero. Mm -hmm. at the end of the day and so it's like he gets to go out do that we get a little bit more about like all this alien tech that's probably out there on earth you can have the new gods come in sometime because again he's got a mother box attached to him and his team i would give him another little team the okay team, I'd, I'd bring metamorpho back just to give the feel of the old terrifics um i would bring in red tornado another android okay character he okay is. i like him and my, and my last one is the female Dr. Light. Oh, love Dr. her. Yeah. Um, because she's also a scientist. So it's like, who else is better to get into these alien tech and things at Star Labs than Dr. Yeah. Kimio Hoshi? That is a solid team. Then that that's a terrific team I can get behind. <laughs> right? I, was, I was really, I think, I think I was just like, again, I just I really do like Cyborg. And I think he's one of those characters where he thrives with other characters mm -hmm. and i think that particular group is just one that can give him a lot of interesting interactions and they also could use some spotlights of their own especially yeah. dr light she deserves i do like her a lot they need to use her again and i think putting all of them together could bring in so many different like corner fandoms and stuff and i think that mm -hmm. would be dope to see they don't really have like a a tech like corner do they i they feel like don't. that'd be really cool to like start to open up on 
And it's so weird because like all the things you could do with it. Because again, with Cyborg, you can kind of, you can really play him on so many different types of playing fields. I, again, the space thing didn't work. Justice of the Odyssey was a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like the potential for him to kind of be like, I guess the detective of wait, Starfire's in that and so is. is Cyborg. Are they do they know that they were Titans together in it? Is that ever even brought up? Was is Starfire a Titan in the new 52 or the rebirth era? You ask, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> so, so I remember because I feel like during the new 52, especially when Cyborg, when Starfire was in the Red Hood and Outlaws book, right? It was a lot of confusion about that because they were saying at one point she wasn't a Titan, like they, but they literally had, um, who was it? Arsenal. Roy Harper mm-hmm. was like asking her, like, you don't remember Dick and Donna and Gar. He, he was like asking her, like, you don't. And she's like, I don't know who. I don't know who those people are. are. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That. So it, it was always like a weird thing of her Titan. I, I honestly think they scrapped it all. From and then they life. sometimes would come back and say, like, she would be like, oh, I kind of remember these people. I don't. But I don't. She would be like, oh, I don't. I kind of remember them, but I don't want to talk about it anymore. So I don't know if they. I wondered in, if just if in Justice League Odyssey if they ever like, not that I recall. I mean, I could always. I guess I could go back and reread it and let you know. Like, I wonder. I wonder if they ever even like touched on it at all. But from so honestly, the big thing about that book, um, Jessica Cruz was in it, the Green Lantern. It kind of okay. became like her story. Her okay. Yeah, it was everybody else. Was, I mean, like people did some things every now and again, but it was mainly a Jessica story. Okay. I like that relaunch though for Cyborg. I, he, he should Thank definitely you. be like the leader of like a tech, the tech sector of, yeah, he, he, he's, of DC. He's got a lot. You know, and I think again, if you make him a founding member of the Justice League, that is fine. But you have to really give him something to do outside of the Justice League. Yeah, and, and that means you like if you're going to make him a founding member of the Justice League, and if he's going to be the the tech one in the group, that means you have to like cement him as the tech one of the yeah. group. <laughs> you know, um, and so it, it, so it just kind of works that way. But in it's I don't know, man. I wonder what their thinking was, especially like when you had Black Lightning right there. Black Lightning was right there. Honestly, Thanks. I think it was a couple things. I think he they definitely put him on the Justice League because he was black. And they wanted to have a black oh, character. Oh, absolutely. Or even um, Vixen. I was gonna say Vixen. My idea was why not have Vixen? Vixen is you perfect. get another woman. You get another woman. Yeah. And you feel, and you feel your black card, which is Co- what like you guys are trying to do. Exactly. Which is obviously <laughs> what you wanted to do. So if you wanted to do it, then not I just give it to Vixen. Like she does. She deserves a whole lot more spotlight than what Cyborg was doing. He was already like big in the Titans, which yeah. I think is why they did it because not only was he black but he had the teen titans draw you know so that teen titans draw strong shout out it is (laughs) and it's so sad because their books nowadays are not they haven't been good in 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 the the dan abnett run was decent Mm -hmm. he put steel on the team natasha irons and um he brought miss martian in but again i I, I think i think it's also one of those things where it's just like dc's continuity is just kind of like you don't know where it all fits yeah so everything was a little shaky Mm. well that was that um oh and again staying on brand when i announced that next week we're going to be doing another reread yes yes so uh next week 
we will be doing um, another reread and we will be reading uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, I've never read this before, so I'm excited <laughs> to get into this. I've, I haven't read it in a while, so I'm excited to go back to it. Yeah, um, this will this will be interesting. I uh, I've seen the animated movie that it's kind of that they did based on it. Uh, I think that was Crisis on Two Earths or something like that. Oh yeah, that was uh, the one with Superwoman, right? Yeah, that was a good movie. It was a really we should, good. We should yeah. we should watch that one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, I've never read the comic, so this will be my first time going through this. Uh, I'm trying to. I truly don't even remember how I felt the first time I read it. So okay, well, this will be a good discussion then when we talk about this. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, you can catch us on Twitter at another relaunch. You can email us any questions, concerns, whatever you guys want to talk about at another relaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on social media at uncanny LZ. Uh, Keenan, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Keenan Lance with an underscore at the end and on Instagram at million dollar madman because no, I still haven't changed it yet. <laughs> wow <laughs> you'll Maybe get there you'll, you'll figure something out one day when I, I think I finally got it down to like three potential names but now I also feel like I've made too much of a big deal about this and so when I like finally say the new name it's going to be really underwhelming <laughs> they're not they're not like spectacular names or anything like that I'm just indecisive guys that's all it is Oh, you're going to have to figure something out. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, again, check us out next week when we uh, do our reread of Crisis on Infinite Earths. And don't forget to subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah. Thanks for so listening. much for listening. Bye. Bye.